Hi, it's Rob West. Before we get to the podcast, did you know that you can live out your faith in your financial decisions with the help of a certified kingdom advisor? CKAs have demonstrated professional competence and a commitment to biblically wise financial counsel. And you can find a local CKA professional in your area by visiting moneywise.org and clicking the Find a CKA button on the homepage. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.1 I am Rob West. That verse reminds us to keep a cool head when we experience conflict or crisis in a relationship. And maybe all the more when that crisis involves the marriage relationship. Howard Dayton joins us today to talk about surviving a marriage crisis. And it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, our friend Howard Dayton is the founder of Compass Finances God's Way and the former host of this program, so it's always good to have him back with us. Howard, welcome. Uh, Great to be with you, Rob. Howard, uh, let's start with the warning signs of a marital crisis. In your experience, um, what are they? Well, it typically occurs when there's a lot of stress or unresolved conflict that become too intense for a couple to manage. A crisis brought on by finances usually involves more than dollars and cents. Anger, resentment, frustration often control the relationship, Rob, and their communication becomes increasingly strained uh, or the two emotionally withdraw from each other. A crisis can even be more challenging when the husband and wife contributed to it, especially when trust has been broken. Mm, No doubt about that. And and what, in your experience, is the typical response that you see to this type of crisis? Yeah, Rob, people react differently to a crisis. Some people react quickly and emotionally. Others are more introspective. And it's really essential for spouses to give each other the freedom to deal with the crisis and to support each other in every way possible. Mm. And times like this can be huge in a relationship, either for bringing couples closer together or pushing them further apart. Now, this may surprise some, but one of the biggest potential benefits is that when people experience a high level of pain, they'll often change. Impulse spenders can become careful spenders. Mm. Credit cards are paid off. Couples begin to communicate at a different level, and some even become serious about their relationship with Christ. And that's certainly the outcome we're looking for. All right, uh, let's get real practical here. I know you have some steps to help couples deal with a marital crisis. What are they? Well, first, pray together for God's wisdom and direction in your situation then agree together on the ground rules of how to deal with the crisis. Include an opportunity for either spouse at any time to call timeout, to pray together and to cool off if the meeting becomes too intense. And this is really huge, Rob. Agree to use kind words to communicate. Unkind words can really damage their relationship. I found it's also helpful to write a letter to each other expressing your feelings and identifying the issues, then meet to pray together and discuss the letters. And don't forget to identify and repent from any sin. For example, if somebody is addicted to gambling, 
repentance would mean getting help to break that addiction. Yes. Then look for the real source of the hurt between you and your spouse. You may not know exactly where to look for it, but God does. So ask him to reveal it. And finally, work to rebuild the marriage. Each spouse should find someone to hold them accountable to make really good choices. Mm. Wow, that's really helpful, Howard. And if a couple does all of those things, but the crisis still remains, uh, what then? Well, couples experiencing acute meltdown in their marriage need intervention because they may be unable to work out the problems without the assistance of a professional. So find the right person or organization that can help best. And I would encourage you to select a mature Christian who's really a trained counselor. Mm. Now, I realize that there are some circumstances where divorce may occur because of abuse, adultery, or addictions, but most problems can be solved if both partners are committed to resolving them. Oh, I love it. Howard, I know that you have taught for so long that oneness is the goal in the marriage relationship, and that includes this area of finance. In just our few seconds remaining, give us a quick vision of what that could look like. Well, it means that you don't make independent financial decisions without really communicating and listening to your spouse, that you view the resources that you have as both of yours, not just one of yours. Mm, I love it. Howard, my friend, always great insights and wisdom. Thanks for stopping by. I loved it, Rob. Thank you. All right. Howard Dayton's been our guest today. You can read much more about this important topic in his book, Money and Marriage God's Way. Your calls are next. Stick around. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that you can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money, Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find daily questions to reflect on and practical exercises paired with scripture for spiritual and financial growth. Right now, you can request your copy of the Money, Seeking God's Wisdom 31-day devotional with a gift of any amount at moneywise.org. For 30 years, Sound Mind Investing has been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including a short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. Well, we're so glad to have you back with us today on MoneyWise. I'm Rob West, and we're looking forward to taking your calls and questions. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. Marie's in Akron, Ohio. Marie, thank you for your call. Go right ahead. So I have about um, $7,200 in credit card debt, um, and I am considering taking out a personal loan. I really don't want to do debt management at all. Um, the other side of that is I go on maternity leave in November, and that'll be three months of unpaid leave. So I'm trying to free up as much of my debt as possible. Um, I'm not right now. I'm not going according to my budget, which I definitely know I need to get back to. But I think I'm just more so worried about the credit card debt that I have. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the reason you're not interested in debt management, and that's okay. I'm just curious. Um, I guess just an article I read about the like the downside to it of how it affects your credit. So like right now, I mean, I'm paying all my credit card bills on time, and I'll, I pay more than the minimum. It's just not quite making a dent like I'd like to. So yeah. I don't want my credit report to take a hit. I have quite a few medical bills that I'm trying to that I need to get worked out as well. Okay. Yeah, keep in mind, you know, a couple of thoughts. Number one is uh, with credit counseling, with debt management, which is different than debt settlement, where you allow them to get into a delinquent status with the hopes that you can negotiate a repayment at a discount. With debt management, there's only, there's two things that could be held against you. Number one is the accounts will be closed. Um, so that comes out of the credit mix. And then the second is it will be noted that you're in a debt management program. But the fact that you're in a credit counseling program or a debt management program in and of itself is not a part of the credit scoring algorithms. And in my view, it's worth it uh, because of the reduction in the interest rates and the level monthly payments that allow you on average to get out 80% faster. It's worth it to go down that road. But if you said, Rob, give me another option, just take that one off the table. What else would I do? You know, the challenge, Marie, is that if you're going to replace the debt with more debt, uh, you know, I just have seen too many times where that becomes problematic, either because even though we're getting the interest rate down, we extend the repayment term out a long ways, number one, which ends up allowing us to pay it over time, over a longer period of time, and therefore we end up likely paying more interest. Or we get the payment down so low that we just kind of accept the debt and stop, you know, being as aggressive and paying it off. And, you know, the result of that is over time, you know, you know, we may perhaps continue to live beyond our means. And oftentimes, six to 12 months later, we've got this new loan that we've taken out that we've figured out how to absorb into the budget because it's, it's pretty cost effective. And then the credit card debt's back because we haven't solved the underlying issue of the overspending. And you've already acknowledged that, you know, you've had a trouble staying on budget. So that would be my concern for you, Marie, is that you go the route of the personal loan or the consolidation loan, we end up, you know, extending the repayment period, and then we don't solve the real underlying issue, which I think with debt management allows us to do that. We cut off the credit cards, get the interest rates down, and actually get these things, you know, paid off once and for all. It's taken a little bit longer, um, but in doing so, we do the hard work that's going to establish the habit and the rhythms that I think ultimately are going to lead you to financial success. But with that said, I do want to hear your thoughts you know, and questions on that. So my thought was um, with my credit cards is either to put them in my safe and lock them up or just cut them up completely and just do the loan and pay them down. That yeah. way I, I don't have access to my cards. Um, and what kind of loan and terms are you looking at? Uh, I haven't actually looked into it yet. I was going to check with um, my bank and credit union to see, like, who would give me a better rate. Okay. Um, and then just kind of go from there, but at least enough to cover the credit card debt, so that's taken care of. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you certainly could do that. I guess I would just heed the warnings that I shared and I'll just, you know, finish by saying I really think it just in doing this a long, long time, the thing that's going to lead to you establishing the right disciplines and rhythms moving forward is not going to be a consolidation loan with new debt. Uh, I think you're going to end up spending more in the long run. And I just am fearful that you're going to call me back at some point in the future and tell me the credit card debt is back in addition to this new loan. So if it were me, despite the very minor, uh, you know, implications to your credit, which are minor because it's not a part of the actual scoring algorithm, uh, I would go debt management, at least call and talk to my friends at christiancreditcounselors.org and check it out before you make your final decision. But we'll ask the Lord to give you some wisdom, Marie, as you uh, navigate this. And we appreciate your call today. God bless you. 800-525-7000. We have a few lines open. Back to the phones we go. Leo in Spokane, are you with us? I am. Hello. There you are. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one of your previous uh, callers may have helped solve some of what I'm asking about, and and that is my uh, daughter and son-in-law allowed me to help them with their debt, and we're attacking that. But what I'm concerned about is how do we address the way they got into it? In other words, they both tend to be spenders, and... I'm hoping there's scripture or some common sense, or as you recommended to the previous caller, the Christian credit counselor. Now, are they available around the country like the CKA, or are they helped over the phone? Yeah, you would do it over. The, you like would that. do it over the phone. They're based out of California, but their clients are all over the U.S. Yeah, I think the key here, Leo, and I'm delighted to hear that you want to help uh, your son and daughter-in-law get on top of this. The key is really uh, them being willing to establish the right disciplines, and it begins with that family budget. Um, so, one of our coaches may be a good resource for this. There's no cost, but you know, them taking time to take a step back and just saying, you know what, as stewards of God's resources. We need to live within God's provision. We need to do that with contentment and a willingness to live on a plan, giving every dollar a name, because even though debt allows us practically to live outside of God's provision, that's not what God desires for us as we manage his money. And that's going to lead over time to real problems, not only financially, but in their marriage and otherwise. And so it really comes back to, first of all, just establishing this idea that we recognize God owns it all and we're stewards and we want to be found faithful as managers of the king's resources. And then putting that spending plan in place where they actually track their spending for 30 or 60 your 90 days and get that budget down either electronically or on paper. And then once they work through it and make those hard decisions, where to cut back to get it to balance so that they have some margin, you know, building up a $1,500 emergency fund while they pay the minimums on the credit cards, and then locking that emergency fund at that point at 1500 and putting every available extra dollar beyond the minimum payments that they have in their budget directly to those credit cards so they can pay them off. Now, credit counseling will be a a great resource as a part of that because it gets the interest rates down. And that's what's so difficult with credit cards, especially now as rates are heading up. Credit card interest is very high, which makes it really challenging uh, to pay it back. And it's very costly. So if you reach out to our friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org, they'll actually help them put a spending plan together, tell them how low they can get those interest rates and come up with one fixed monthly payment that fits into their budget that allows them to pay this on average 80% fast. 
faster. So, uh, Leo, ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Stay on the line. I also want to send you a book, Howard Dayton's book, Your Money Counts, to pass on to them that I think will be a real blessing to them. It's our gift to them. We appreciate your call. And we'll be back with more calls on MoneyWise. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And MoneyWise is here to help you and millions of others learn to be wise stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from MoneyWise patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, please consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron. Visit MoneyWise.org and click Give on the homepage. How should we as Christians think about investing? What if we could invest our money in a way that aligns with what we believe? At Eventide, we believe it is possible to love God and love our neighbor in the very practice of investing. We design investments for performance and a better world so you can invest for the future with a sense of wholeness and purpose. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at investeventide.com. MoneyWise is all about biblical wisdom for your financial journey. I'm so glad you can spend time with us today, and I'd love to tackle your financial questions. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. To Margate, Florida, Kendra, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you? Doing great, thanks. Okay, so I'm a total novice as it relates to investing, um, I kind of just started late in life. I'm in my 50s, early 50s, and um, I I sold a home, and so I took care of all the debt that I pretty much had um, racked up. I took care of my debt after selling the home, and I like to invest again in real estate. So I guess my uh, question is, i kind of been struggling. The market's been crazy. Um you know, I, I'm just wondering if this is a good time now to try and invest in a um, a property, yeah. or should I just wait? And because um, right now I do have a food truck, but I'm not an um, employed. I'm self-employed, so my food truck is my income. So, okay. or should I just wait and um, just wait it out a year? I do have some stocks. I took some money and invested in stocks. Okay. Let me ask you a couple of questions, Kendra, and I, I appreciate this so much, and, and I'm a big fan of real estate investing, so long as it's done at the right time, meaning you have the right financial foundation under you, you have ample resources to go in and buy the property, not presuming upon the future in the sense that you're able to weather a period of time without a renter, you're not taking on too much in the way of debt service, and if this is a business, and that's really what it is, um, you're doing it in such a way where you're not... Uh, you know, going to impact your personal finances detrimentally, and there's ways to really safeguard that. Uh, so tell me just a bit about your situation. What do you have in the way of uh, personal cash reserves, what I would call your emergency fund? Um, well, I have about 20000 as an emergency fund. Okay, and so that's in a liquid savings account? Yes. 
All right. And with your food truck income after taxes are paid and the expenses that you have, uh, are you, do you keep those books separate and then pay yourself a consistent amount or is it all kind of commingled with your current, your existing uh, personal finances? No, I do keep it separate. I have my okay. business account and my personal, so I do keep that separate. But I'm doing okay. it old school. I'm, you know, writing it in my book and yeah. doing it okay. that way. And do you find that you have a pretty consistent amount that you're able to essentially pay yourself every month? Um, I have a consistent amount to pay myself for what I need to pay, yeah. like bills particularly, okay. yes. And so you're able to cover your personal expenses every month out of the income you're generating and still have enough to make sure you keep gas in the truck and the taxes are paid and all of that, correct? Barely. Barely. Yes. Okay. Without yeah, touching, but, yes. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of margin left over. Correct. Okay. And then uh, you said, did you say you sold a piece of property? Is that right? Yeah, I sold the property. Correct. I sold the and, property, which is and where what were the proceeds? coming from. That you um, about 200,000. Okay. And so you've got that 200,000 liquid right now in a savings account or something? Correct. And All right. I, I also diversified financial advisor. So I invested in stock and diversified, okay. um, okay. Account. and that's in the stock investments are in addition to the 200,000 or part of it? No, no, that's a part of it. Correct. Okay. So how much did you invest in stocks? Uh, 70,000. Okay. So you've got 130 left. Correct. All right. And if you were to buy another property, just based on the experience you had, what would you be looking for? A single family property? And if so, how much would you be looking to spend just based on, I know you're in Margate, so real estate is very high there in South Florida. <laughs> yes, it is very much so. So I'm looking, to be honest with you, I think I can do a manufactured home. That's okay. what I'm looking at. And, right. um, and I'm not looking for Margate. I'm kind of going up a little further up north, like maybe Boynton, uh, okay. West Palm. It is a little bit less. Yeah. And what would you need to spend to do that? Do you have a good sense of that yet? Um, I would have to put down 20% if I'm looking at doing it as an investment. If I yeah. decided to do it as FHA, um, which is out the question, but for an investment, 20% down on at this point, I'm going to go with a manufactured of about 150000 Okay. So if you put the 130 in, I mean, you'd nearly be able to fund this. You'd just have a very small mortgage, correct? That is correct. Yeah. And then have you done your research just on the area that you're looking and what the rents uh, potentially could bring in for this manufactured home? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, and it I sounds have, like... Um, go ahead. Goal. Kind of, you know, I'm a social worker, so I do have. I'm looking to give back. And honestly, I'm looking to rent for seniors who are on a certain income. So nice. I have yeah. people who are, yeah. Okay. Well, I really like this plan uh, because you've got your income covered. I mean, obviously, you have the ability to get that up a little bit if you want to work a little bit more. You're in control of your schedule and your hours with the food truck. You've demonstrated that you can cover your bills. Uh, you doesn't sound like you have any debt. You've got 20000 in emergency savings. Uh, you've got 70000 working for you in the investments. I think this was a good time to do that. So I like that. And if you could go into this uh, little bit lower priced uh, property, I 
manufactured home and essentially buy it for cash or with a very small mortgage, uh, I think that's a great plan. I love the fact that there's a, uh, you know, you're, uh, have a giving back component to this that aligns with the work that you do and being able to help some folks with low income housing. Uh, I, I like this plan, Kendra. And if you can make that work, this could provide some additional income for you to supplement what you're bringing in from the food truck, which could allow you to pay off that mortgage and then perhaps begin saving for the next one. And maybe you end up with a few of these over time. So I don't find any problems with this plan. Well, thank you so much. I thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I I just needed to have um, a a God-given ear because I'm listening to God. I've made mistakes in the past. This is not the first property I've had. And so I've kind of been doing solo on my own. And I just said, God, you know, I just want to listen to you and do whatever it is you want me to do and do it right. So I thank you so much. I just need to, to hear that. So thank you. You're welcome, Kendra. And thank you for calling today. God bless you. And that's going to do it for us today. And as we wrap up, let me just say thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and coaches and web designers and media producers working each day to develop tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our website at moneywise.org and click the Donate button to sign up? We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next installment of MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.